weeks out there. We'll see. Hope so. <laughs> it's been a while, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, we uh, we had our podcast. How long did we run the last one? A couple of years at least. Was it that long? Yeah. It was a while. Yeah. Stupid or just irresponsible? Um, is that the title? I thought it was stupid or irresponsible. Well, the full title is stupid dot 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 or just irresponsible. Yeah, it comes from that marketing campaign. I know I mentioned that a few times. I, pr- I really liked the name at first. I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. And then... Uh, Except I always thought it was stupid orders. I, didn't, I don't remember the just. Well, because we didn't use it most of the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was too many words. Anyways, I don't know. So, I mean, how, but it's been... Okay, so since our last episode of that, how long has it been? It's been a while. Probably... Six, six months, maybe. Six months, yeah. About that. So we're back, guys. We're back. Hey. Back in the studio, <laughs> recording more podcasts and a much shorter name, Unhacked. That's catchy. Unhacked. I think it is. <laughs> uh, again, it comes from a marketing campaign. I steal everything. I don't, I'm not original. I don't come up with anything. Um, but I was at a trade show, and somebody was pitching this idea that you can never get unhacked. And I thought, that is freaking brilliant and very true. Uh, although you could kind of prevent it there's a thought yeah. you know uh we'll we'll talk a lot about how 97 percent of these things statistically could be prevented with just basic security measures so that's kind of the theme of what we're going to talk about guys title of episode one is going to be war because as we sit joe russia and ukraine have been duking it out for eight or nine days you know uh yeah, i don't pay attention okay <laughs> <laughs> joe the ill-informed uh at least we're Wars concerned, social issues. I don't know. What what do you not pay attention to? Because you pay attention to quite a bit. Uh, let's just not. Let's, let's not go there. Okay. So th- it's been interesting, guys, as we've been kind of prepping for this episode today. Joe's had to mute himself a lot because <laughs> <laughs> Joe has a few opinions where uh, politics and government are concerned, and we're going to kind of dabble there a little bit, but we'll try to stay out of the political arena best we can. All right. So. I'm trying to read my notes, and I can't even read what I wrote here. But I, I guess so, as we get into episode one here, we're going to talk about, because I, I continually make this statement, 97% of breaches could have been prevented with basic security measures. So I really want to break down what are those basic security measures. What should somebody do? Uh, a security professional, what should you be doing? Uh, yeah, tune to us for more advice. Uh, if you're a business owner, what do you need to be watching for to make sure that when you're writing a check to a security firm of any sort, whether it's just your IT company or a, a cybersecurity specialist, you're cutting them a check. How do you know they're doing their job? So we'll give some some basic things that you should be looking for there. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think we, we'll also touch a lot of this stuff uh, for the business owner, but really just for the, the common person, the, right, yeah, the person that yeah. maybe you don't own, the, maybe you work for the business or maybe you work from home doing this, that, or the other. You got an Etsy play or whatever you got. Yeah, right. Maybe you just have a computer and you go to, you don't do anything. No, good point. These are good generic point. things that... We all need to be looking at this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you're protecting yourself, you're protecting others. Like, it's, it's you know, it's kind of a group effort thing. Yeah, and for a long time, this has been, we've kind of been on our own yeah. with this. It's starting to be more standardized. Yeah. And Joe, you're going to love it that the government's starting to get involved. Yeah. You and your love of government. Yeah. Um, and I, listen, I'm not a big fan of uh, big government either, I do think that we need to have some basic guidelines and standards that we all adhere to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at a minimum, through education. 
right? Maybe we don't need government rule, but we need some education at least, and and we need to come together and agree on what what in the hell it is that we're all supposed to be doing. So, guys, here we are to break that down for you. So let's go ahead and jump in. Sure. Episode one, war. Um, it's been many, many moons, Joe, and I think we looked it up. It's been multiple years since, uh, I don't know, I and maybe you saw it differently, but but I kind of saw us as a computer repair shop. Now, that's not really accurate. We're IT consultants or whatever you want to call it. But what I did not see us as is cybersecurity specialists. Yeah. That's not how I described myself when people asked what I did or what my business does or what sure. we're here for until that fateful day when we got a call on a Friday afternoon of, hey, our server has ransomware. I don't think they use those words. <laughs> but that's what the reality of the situation was. Uh, and that was a pivotal moment for me because while we were aware of ransomware, we were protecting against it the best we knew how at the time, this was not a top priority. It wasn't something that was, you know, just in my face right. in that moment. And not um, to mention, it's hard to sell. Oh, absolutely. I it mean, still is. Yeah. It's still hard to sell. Left and right in <laughs> like, their headlines in the news. Here we are at war, guys, and it's still going to be hard to get people to, I mean, for example, I sent out an email this morning yeah. to, uh, let's just say a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, and I got a couple of responses. Sure. Like, I, I don't get it. I should have had a 100% response rate. Right. 100% of the people should have said, hey, okay, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even trying to sell something with this email. I'm just like, guys, we've got to start looking at, anyways. Uh, well, it's a good, it's a good point uh, thinking about it. Like, if, it, if Progressive calls up or, you know, some insurance company, hey, yeah. you need life insurance, you know, I'm hanging up. I'm not right. even going to hear you. No, it's true. It's true. But then, you know. Until somebody uh, dies. Exactly. Or, <laughs> like, you know, something happens. Yeah, or fire, like, fire catches your house on fire. Now you really wish you took pictures of everything. Uh, yeah, or or maybe installed some fire alarms. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Check the batteries. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Turn that thing off. So, you know, Martha burned the chicken last week. And it you know made a loud <laughs> right. noise. Just, right. Just take the battery. Pull the batteries out. out. Yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, it's human nature. Yeah. But hopefully, our message here really is. The things we can do are relative. Nah, I don't know that they're simple. They're kind of a pain in the ass. Two-factor authentication sure. everywhere. I bet it was the same way whenever they installed door locks. <sighs> yeah. That's a pain in that. You want me to lock the door every right, day? Right, right. out of here. But listen, this is the world we live in. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah that fateful day, um, I realized that we were literally in, I mean, figuratively, I guess, in hand-to-hand -hand combat with crime rings in Russia. The attack that I'm referring to several years ago to one of our clients um, it was a Russian crime ring that hit him. And we sat there and we watched. We would we would make a move. They'd make a counter move. It was just back and forth like a game of chess yeah. as we tried to undo that. And that was terrifying. Um, and it completely changed my outlook on what we do as a company. So here we sit. And at that point, you know, it's crime rings. It's uh, kind of unofficial or it's in the, the uh, shadows. But now we're looking at headlines. We're talking about two countries at war. The country that where a lot of these attacks originate from, and it's not all Russia. Uh, I'm not here to say that, but that particular battle we were in was with people from Russia. And now we've got a country that is launching cyber attacks at their enemy. Um, Ukraine's launching them right back. And Joe, so here's the thing. Uh, let's, well, <laughs> let's, should we talk about the Rona, the coronavirus? How well can we contain a virus? How much have we tried to contain a virus uh, well, like anything, I guess it's more you know about it. Um, I know that there's only so much you can know about, particularly uh, 
I mean, depending on what you're talking about, there's only so much. There's so much artificial intelligence and so many. No, I'm talking about literally a virus, a human virus, the coronavirus. For example, we tried globally. The biggest brains on the planet tried to contain that thing. How successful were they? Well, I mean, our bodies figured out pretty well, I guess. With Eventually. Immunity. Yeah, I mean, after people died. Well, sure. And, you know, so, I mean, but a, but a virus by design is trying to transmit sure. as far, and it, and it went global. Yeah. So you've got two countries, these are figurative, or, or cyber viruses or whatever, but you've got two countries unleashing a virus of sort on each other. You They try to contain it. They have direct targets, but... Well, sometimes... Well, sometimes, right. Yeah. But but even if they have a direct target, how, how likely is it that one of those is going to just, like, blast off to somewhere yeah. else and attack other yeah. people, right? Because once you unleash a virus, you no longer have control over it. Yeah. Really, they try to put—now I'm talking about computers again, guys. They try to put protective measures to keep it from doing damage that they don't intend for it to do, yeah. but those don't always work. Yeah. And they can get released out there, and, and now now we've got what you were talking about. Can we protect against it? Sure. Artificial intelligence. We've got. We can go into all the tools and things that we try to do, um, but it gets messy. It gets messy fast. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Right? It's always going to be a mess. So, all right. So maybe we'll call that the background. Joe, tell me your professional opinion. What's it look like out there from a cybersecurity standpoint? How nervous should I, Justin Shelley, be about the security of my company? Well, I mean. Uh... Ukraine aside, uh, it's always been and it will continue to be kind of the wild west in the cybersecurity world. Uh, there's just too many bad actors being born every day and too many script kiddies being born. Uh, this younger generation, they're growing up with all the technology but without kind of the restraint, I guess. Um, and it's kind you know, it's there's there's a thrill to getting into somebody's system, even if you wanted to be a white hack or you know. Right. Um uh, it's it's just the nature of the beast, and more and more every day, more and more things are being hacked. More and more Internet of Things, IoT devices, right? Yeah. Internet. You know, twenty years ago, you might have a computer that connects to a modem real slow. You know, now we've got uh, you know terabyte speeds blasting you know worldwide. You got sat- satellites and refrigerators with uh, you know WAN access or you know internet access, and I mean, just there's there are more things to hack. There are more vulnerabilities, and there's more technology now to hack those things. Right. And now there's more kids playing with computers that, you know, where you or I, you might have grown up, you know, <laughs> throwing throwing rocks at the train. These, you know, this is what the kids are doing these days. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You talk about Internet of Things. It was, I think, five or six years ago. I'm going to name drop here. Sorry. I, I'm not doing that on purpose. But I was up at uh, the office of Robert Herjavec. Yeah. You know, the superstar on, uh, what's that show called? I don't know that person. Dang it, because I know that show well. I watch it a lot. <laughs> oh, uh, Shark Tank. There we go, Shark Tank. Oh, I was I was way off track on that one. <laughs> I had Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in my head <laughs> for some stupid reason. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm sitting in the office of Robert Herjavec. Still... Oh, huh? uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was one of the things he said. He runs a cybersecurity firm, and he said they used to worry that they'd kind of run out of things to do. But as the Internet of Things came about, he said, now it just became obvious that we're in the greatest business ever because this is only going to get worse. The The security uh, requirements are going to grow exponentially as the devices that need to be protected grow exponentially. And so 
you know, that that's kind of what you're talking about. Here we are. Yeah. He was predicting at the time, and now here we are where refrigerators are getting hacked. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so you're saying uh, war, Russia war aside, Ukraine war aside, yeah. we need to be worrying about these things anyways. Yeah, uh, 100%. Right. Uh, it's happening everywhere all the time. Right. All the time. Residential, uh, you know, it used to kind of be like, you know, it would be a small couple gangs that would, you know, go after specific targets. And nowadays it's just all over the place. It's kids trying to get everything. Uh, and there's money in it. There's all kinds of money in it. Absolutely. I mean, good money. Ridiculous money. Yeah. I mean, it used to be a ransomware attack. They would say average cost is $60,000. I did presentations around that. Yeah. Average cost of a breach, $60,000. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> remember, hey, hey, remember remember when a ransomware attack cost $60,000? That was awesome. Uh, yeah, those were back in. Sorry, that was supposed to be a Chris Farley thing, but those that know, know. <laughs> All right. So, okay, but I'm going to press you on this one, Joe. What has changed since the war began with Russia and Ukraine eight or nine days ago in the cybersecurity world? What specifically has changed, or has anything changed? Um. Well, CISA did uh, issue their uh, shields up thing. So CISA okay. is um, cybersecurity. Uh, uh, oh, is that what is CISA? The oh, you're gonna say it. Go ahead. Infrastructure Security Agency. This is a uh, another federal agency, another arm of the military. Your favorite um, that they created that kind of. Oh, I guess they create uh, strategic planning, and um, they try to just poke their nose in just every every aspect of cybersecurity in the in the. Uh, they poke their nose. Well, I, well, <laughs> I know what you're saying. It's yeah. just funny. So the your, private your word choices used are funny. To be able to uh, do this without government interference, and now they're yeah. required to get them involved. Yeah, and again, I'll I'll push a little on your buttons because I know that like. You hate government intervention, but we also sit here and try to sell this stuff and try to help people and try to protect people, and they won't do it. Um, so maybe, maybe is this a necessary part of government? I don't know. I'm just seeing if I can piss you off, honestly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is it working? <laughs> so so C says, born their mission. I'm going to read their mission. We lead the national effort to understand, manage, and reduce risk to our cyber and physical infrastructure. So I will say that one thing that frustrates me about cybersecurity is that when somebody's breached, they're very secretive about what happened sure. and what they did to fix yeah, it. got caught and, with their pants down. Right. Nobody wants to admit it. It's embarrassing. It could lead to lawsuits and it can lead to lost business and lost clients. And so it's it's kind of, I don't know what the answer is. And I don't, I don't really want to duke it out with you on whether government's the answer, but I can tell you we need one. So maybe this will help, maybe it won't. But anyways, so they, they were born in 2018. They've been around for a few years. At least that's according to the document I'm reading here. Right. Um, so what uh, what did they say? What did they tell us? Uh, just basically... Uh, shields up. You mentioned shields, shields up. up. Shields up, yeah. I mean, that's the summary of the thing. So it's kind of like a, an alert. We're on high alert. alert. Yeah, uh, you know, Rush is coming after you, basically. Yeah, what saying. yeah. So I'll, I'll read there. The one line that kind of stood out to me, every organization, large and small, must be prepared to respond to disruptive cyber activity. Hey, I'm glad my government or my dollars, my tax dollars <laughs> went so they could write that memo. That, <laughs> be careful. Well, I mean, like, it's about time they said it 
uh, we have been preaching this for years, and trying to get people to pay attention can be tough. But um, I'm glad that memo went out then. Listen, (laughs) it it matters. It matters to some people. It matters that there's an authoritative source saying that we need to do this. Um, But yeah, the threat's always been there. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do think right now there is more. They're they're specifically launching attacks back and forth at each other. They are right um, to it to the extent that one of the ones I heard is that Ukraine is and a lot of it's private party. By the way, it's not even necessarily government intervention. That's but, all mo- all most of this. In yeah, fact, yeah. I don't want to get into. The but league. somebody was they they were launching attacks at like the electric car charging stations. I think it was yeah. and taking over the screens. And pushing their propaganda. Oh, really? Ukraine was doing that to Russia oh, really? <laughs> just last week. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. But I mean, the point is, they are. It's not as scary as like U.S. hacking. No. Russian uh, electrical grid. Uh, Correct. The threat of, you know. Correct. <laughs> killing yes. a bunch of civilians by taking their heat away. Well, right. And that that's the reality of what's going on. That's the stuff that doesn't that's really scary get talked stuff. about. Yeah. It is. It is. So um, listen, it's scary out there. And that's kind of the point, the overall point we're trying to make we will say, we've said it before, I'll say it until I die, 97% of this stuff could have been prevented. The attacks that happened, the, the breaches, um, most of this stuff happens because people aren't paying attention. Because we apparently need a government agency to say every organization, large and small, must be prepared to respond to disruptive cyber activity. Because people aren't doing it. So, here we are, Joe. Let's start preaching. What are the things, what are these basic measures that could have present, prevented 97% of the attacks? Well, Justin, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we've got a list of 10 things. We've here. got a list ten of easy, 10 that we're going to dissect. Is this a, a complete list? Not at all. It's no. a very generic thing, but I'll tell you what. If you knock off all 10 of these, um, you're going to be in the 99 percentile. Right. And that's the point. Yeah. That's the point right there. We can't stop all of it. I used to work for Loomis Armored when I was much younger. And, you know, we're packing guns. We had to get training on who to kill and who not to kill. That was a fun training day. Oh boy. And basically, I mean, short story, they said, throw your, oh, don't throw your, throw the money. Give them the money. Give yeah. them what they want. You're not there to kill people. Your gun's only there to uh, to protect your life or somebody else's life. That aside, the the training that we got was, this is going to happen. Robberies are going to happen. People are going to die in this business. Your best hope is to make it happen to somebody else. Well, here's a cool analogy, too, is uh, you carried that gun, and that probably prevented 90% of the people that would come after you. Like, they would come after you if you saw that you didn't have a gun, but now they saw That was the main point of the gun. That was the main point of the gun. So the same thing. If a hacker comes in and you've got these steps knocked out, if they try something and they realize that, let's say, step three didn't work for them, they're going to give up and move to the next guy because the next guy didn't hit this check. Correct. And so let's, let's further this. Having a gun was part of it, looking people in the eye, walking fast, having your hand on your gun, moving your head back and forth, making eye contact. Like, so we had this, cool. this whole th- list of things that we were supposed to do to deter it because they're going to hit somebody and they're going to hit somebody who's got their head down and they're trudging along and they don't give a crap. They don't, you know, and they had a bad day and their dog got run over, whatever. That's the guy who's going to die. This is cool. We need to start another security podcast, but specifically to <laughs> actual, uh, like real. <laughs> yeah. 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 Armored truck security. Yeah. It was an interesting job Thank for you. sure. Paid minimum wage. <laughs> That's why I got out of it. Yeah. I wasn't going to risk my life. It wasn't quite minimum wage, but yeah. it was close to it. I'm like, other people's money is not worth this to me. <laughs> I ain't making any money. So, so here are some tips 
that will deter most of the attacks. And that's why we can comfortably say 97% could be prevented. Because what we're trying to do is shift the target off of our backs. Yeah. Right? Fair. All right. So let's hit them. All right. Uh, in no particular order here, we got number one. Uh, verify all your software patches and updates have been installed. Not just laptops and servers. Firewalls, other network devices, your router, your switch, APs. Your refrigerator. Your refrigerator. Your, your toaster. Yeah. Your microwave. <laughs> Alexa. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. All the yeah, devices yeah, yeah. will hey, light up. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Everybody listening just had their <laughs> device light up. So, yeah, software updates. Um, huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Because this is a cat and mouse game, right? It's We fix one problem and the criminals come up with another way in. Yeah. And and patching is just as we identify these weaknesses, they're fixed. Yeah. Ninety-seven percent. Okay, well, start plugging those holes because otherwise you're just rolling out the red carpet. Well, and I don't want to harp too long on this, but I can't tell you how many computers even, you know, we get a call from a random random person. Hey, my computer's slow, or it's this or it's that. And ninety-nine out of a hundred times, it's they're waiting on updates. They just didn't want to reboot, or they, you know, they they just kept getting canceled. Yeah. Pop up kept popping up and saying you need to update this. And how many people do you know update their routers? Do you know where your router is? Good for you. When was the last time you logged into it and looked right. at it and make sure it's updates? Most of these nowadays, there's a little checkbox that you can automatically update. Make sure that thing's checked. Update it. Well, and if beyond it, that, at the the check engine light that's flashing yeah. furiously inside that router that nobody knows is flashing because exactly. nobody's watching it. Yeah. So just take it, you know, it's like it's like uh, spring cleaning kind of thing. Maybe once yeah. a year, go look at it, just at least. Or hire a firm like us who watches it all the time. There you go. That's another idea. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we've got software patches and updates. Yep. Huge, 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 by yep. the way. Another okay. huge, huge one. Uh, multi-factor authentication everywhere. Everywhere. If you can do it, if you can get and you'll heard you'll hear the words 2FA, MFA, uh, 3FA. <laughs> yeah. What you want is when you log into something, single sign-on, SSO. When you log in, you need a second verification form. Maybe it texts your phone. Uh, maybe it calls you, and you got to click OK or say yes or press a pound key or something to log in to verify it's you. Yeah. Um, and that it's it's more and more important. I know it's annoying. It is one of the most annoying things in the world. I hate it. If you got like 50 things you got to log in every day. I hate it. It's it's necessary. Yep. If 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 you don't have that enabled, enable it immediately. You know, pause this podcast. Right. And go. Turn well, on so let's talk about it. Where we say everywhere. Well, where? Where do you log in? You got email. Yep. Email. email I would say start with email. Yeah. Every email you every email account you have better have multi-factor authentication yeah, on it. Every single one of them. Okay. Yeah. You got what an else? app? Uh, maybe you got a, a major league baseball ticket app. Turn on MFA. Yeah. Um, do you uh, have an American Airlines account? You got to buy tickets. Turn on MFA. So where's the balance, though? Because are there things where it isn't life and death? I, I, like we're not gonna. We say everywhere. People aren't gonna do that. Well. So what would be the top? Let's let's just start taking one bite of the elephant here. We've got email. I'm gonna say that hands down. Start with email. What would be the next one on the list that would be the most important? Uh, wherever you store, I mean, what do you love? Uh, it depends. It's different for everybody. I would definitely say your computer. Yeah. Make sure you got multi-factor to log into your computer. If you say any, any private information, if you have websites that you save passwords on, lock it down. Right. 
Um, and then going from there, what do you have a bank account? Do you log in online? Do you log in on your phone? Make sure you got MFA. I think most banks nowadays force that. Banks have been good about it for a long time. They've yeah. been enforcing that for a long time. So, I mean, what do you hold dear? Do you got, uh, you know, pictures of your family uh, that you want to make sure that you still got tomorrow? Uh, make sure MFA is locked on whatever device that is. Do you log into your refrigerator on, on your phone? Do you have anything on your phone that, uh, you know, would be sensitive information? Probably those banking apps. Probably, uh, you know, those pictures. Um, so make sure there's MFA on your phone, on the refrigerator. Anything that has access to the Internet. I, I, I don't want to say, I say get everything. Everything you can. Yeah, everything you has, can. If there's a button to enable MFA, enable it. Do it. Set Agreed. it up. Agreed. In fact, I just uh, signed up for a new new software. It's just, honestly, a sales presentation that's prints pretty reports. That's it. It prints reports. Yeah. And they require 2FA on it. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. At first, I'm like, really? Eh, okay. Yeah. Let's do it. I mean, in the end, a lot of this stuff is touching things that you don't want them to touch. Right. So even if they're, if if you think there's nothing there to it, and who cares, and it's just one more pain in the ass, if you don't enable it, and somebody gets in there, and then they move sideways or laterally move mm-hmm. into this and into that, then they're into the sensitive stuff. Well, I mean, this software that I'm talking about, what didn't immediately cross my mind, but made a lot of sense once I started thinking about it, is I I go in and I evaluate people's networks. Yeah. I point out their vulnerabilities. Yeah. <laughs> and I log it into the software. Yeah. So the last thing we want is a bad guy getting access yeah. to this and saying, oh, XYZ company doesn't have a firewall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it made perfect sense. But my first response was, really? Even here? Okay. Yeah, yeah even here. So everywhere. Everywhere that it, I like what you said. If it's an option, yeah, enable it. Yep. And if you don't know if it's an option, well, there's this wonderful tool called Google. Yeah. Ask it. All right. Two-factor authentication. What's next, Joe? Then we got change your passwords on your network device. When possible, enable 2FA. So I'm glad I, uh, we got MFA there again. Uh, but change your passwords. On, on network device. So define that. What are we talking about? Does it touch the internet? Does it touch your your LAN? Does your refrigerator talk to you? Okay. So we're back to the refrigerator. like password. the refrigerator. Well, it's a good, it's a good example okay. of... This isn't your router. It's not your yeah. firewall. It's, we're not getting crazy. Anything that touches the internet. Don't leave okay. the default password. Well, don't on. leave the default at all, but always just right. reset it. Right. How many people do you know have one or two passwords they remember? Oh, yeah. And that's the same yep. for their bank that it is for their email, that it is for their cat pictures. I used to do it. Oh, yeah. Everybody. I mean, I mean how many I, passwords can you yeah. remember? None. I don't remember. I Right now, I literally don't know any of my passwords except for the one that gets me into my password vault. There you go. And that password is probably 25 characters long. And it's random characters that I've managed to memorize. And honestly, the more and more things that we have to log in nowadays, now that we do have to go to our <coughs> refrigerator, <laughs> uh, those things like LastPass, those password vaults. you got to have them. It, it, they're almost a necessity. Yeah. Now, you'll argue, okay, well, there's one. It, now we've created a single point of failure. So if somebody gains access to that, yeah. now they've got, they own you. Yep. So there's a risk there. And... I don't have a great answer for that. I've heard other cybersecurity experts talk about this. Yeah. But what the kind of the consensus is, is that without it, the risk is much higher. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you're going to build a house out of wood, it's, it's, it's right. culpable of the burst yeah. into flames. So it's not like password vaults are bulletproof, but they are so much better than not having them and reusing passwords yeah. or using a spreadsheet 
for God's we sake. We used to talk about hackers love to go after the low-hanging fruit yeah. and then the, the big fish, the whales. Correct. Uh, so these are all low-hanging fruit things. If if a hacker is really trying to get you and, and you're a whale, uh, you're going to have an IT team like us behind you. But if you're just uh, you know the everyday person, or just you know a business owner or a small business, so yeah, yeah, um, you may be low hanging fruit. And if you've got the basics like this, if you've got your default password changed on your router, and it, you reset it regularly, uh, they're gonna you know try get it, they'll shake the door right, and it doesn't give, and then they'll move on to the next guy. Percentage wise, Joe, when you go to a new customer or somebody we don't normally do business with, and you have to log into their router. How many times have they changed it to something that they have to give you the password for it? Yeah, I don't, boy. Uh, I, it would be a surprise, and I would bring it up if that happened. It is a rare occasion if somebody doesn't, if somebody has changed it to default. It's almost, almost always default, up. right? Yeah, almost always. Almost always almost default. Always. For everything, and it's not just that. It's the printer, right? It's the it's the phone system. It's the phones. Oh, anytime I've got to work on somebody's printer, like the big yeah. standalone, yeah. what do they call the multi? Like a Rico officio. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I need the admin password, I just Google it. Yeah. 100% of the time I can find it. Yep. Isn't that wild? That's cool. <laughs> 100%. Like, I don't think I've ever seen it change. <laughs> Ours has changed, right? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know it is because I made it happen. <laughs> um, okay. So what do we got next? Number four, remove internet-facing management consoles. That's a lot of big words. If something touches the internet, you pretty much don't want to allow it to be accessible from China. From the outside, yes. right. You want to be able to access, access it like locally, but not externally. Outside of your business network or your home network, you should not be able to. I would argue both. both. If you no, have- that's what I'm saying. No, agreed. Yeah. 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 If you have a home router, if you have a business router, you should not be able to get to those outside of your building yep from the web yep okay uh number five upgrade end of service versions of software your company is using and supports <laughs> get rid of windows 7 machines get rid of quick in <laughs> 2007 that you bought with that old ass computer but now you're now your tax software all your taxes are on there and you keep moving it to the next computer and the next computer because you don't you want to save 50 bucks or bigger problem is you've got businesses who are running on, call it line of business serv- uh, software, yeah. that is proprietary. It was custom developed by yeah. somebody, and they're no longer in business. Yeah. And you, John can't. retired 10 years ago, yep. but he wrote at 20. Yep. Yeah. And you can't upgrade it. So, I mean, I've seen people running Windows 95 yep. doing this, oh, yeah. and they can't upgrade. Yeah. Listen, figure it out. <laughs> figure <laughs> something else out. <laughs> Shit. All right. All right. All right, Next. moving on to number six. Number six, verify everyone in your company has uh, completed security awareness training. Train, 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 train. It's a big world out there with a lot of new applications, a lot of new programs, a lot of people that just kind of have to wing it. The The person that took over or they're taking over for somebody that's leaving their position or maybe they're adding to that position, they kind of train them with what they know, but it's really what they picked up. Um, so they're kind of by the skin of their tails – However, that saying goes, just trying skin to skin of their teeth, to, Joe. There you skin go. of their skin teeth. teeth, or riding their coattails. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're just trying to figure out how to get their day done and get their job done. So, cybersecurity awareness is not anywhere even touching what they need to think about. They don't need to think about changing their password or 
Any yeah. of these things that we're talking None about. None of this stuff is welcome. They're just trying to get their job done, get that report out because it's five o'clock and they need it done. Yeah. But set aside time for you and your employees. Get some security awareness training. There's new things that are happening every day. There's new vulnerabilities. There's new ways that people, hackers are so smart and clever. They're trying to stay one step ahead. And I guarantee you they're, they're, they're very clever. Yeah. They're, and so staying on top of that and knowing what they're doing nowadays, you know, maybe it's this week or next week they change it to this or that. Um, it's just, it's, it's good to stay and it's good to stay sharp with just the basics. Well, so that I was going to make that point. I was going to, hit this from a different angle. One of the things that I've noticed about cybersecurity awareness training is it's basically the same damn thing. Yeah. And we, we tell people you got to do it again. And I go through it. And I'm like, Jesus, I've heard this a hundred times. I don't want to go through it again. Um, so where, where I think for the most part, people aren't going to learn anything new. I mean, that's, they will to some, there's, they're going to learn something, but most of what they sit through, they know, which is part of the reason that's hard to get them to do it. So is there still an advantage? Yeah. Because it's not just about knowledge. It's about culture. It's about having this be a, you know, top of mind all the time. Yeah. If you just do a training once a year because you're required to, or worse, a lot of companies, it's once a when you're hired or never lucky if you're or never. And so then you move on and you, like you said, you do your job, but if you've got a company where the culture is around cybersecurity and where people understand the real risk of this thing and it's in their company meetings, maybe you've got a weekly meeting and one of the bullet points on your meeting agenda is security alerts. You know, what are you guys seeing out there? What can we be doing different to protect ourselves? I don't know, but talk about it, get the training involved. Training should be once a month. I, I, love to see people do it at least once a year because that's so rare but it should be once a month it should be talked about all the time that's really how it gets prevented and it's not because people are learning something new it's just because it's always on their mind that way so that's my take on training anyways all right continue i like it number seven document and train on the process for reporting suspicious activity you want to document it. You uh, documentation is a big thing, but training on the process, just reporting it. Uh, you know, tell somebody, let them know. Uh, if 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 you start getting a bunch of weird, suspicious emails that uh, you know somebody in Pakistan's got video footage of you watching videos, and they're going to release it unless you get Bitcoin, you just ignore it. You should ignore it, but you should tell somebody too. Yeah. So, what's the advantage of that? Well. Uh, Maybe not just you, but other people are also getting that. And maybe somebody else clicked on it and they're too afraid right. to tell anybody. Um, there's all, you know, and letting letting people know, like the security team, like, hey, I've noticed a large trend of yeah, a whole bunch of people trying to send me fake emails. Maybe, you know, maybe my email has been breached or maybe my a list with my name on it's been released somewhere. Let's track this down and nip it in the bud now before it turns into... A real ransomware threat, a real ransom on your data. Yeah, I mean, this this idea of reporting, and I like, I mean, you're taking it even farther as disseminating that information. So it needs to be reported back to somebody, and then that somebody really needs to make everybody else aware of it. Because, yeah, um, one of the things I've, you know, we, we started moving more to SharePoint, Office 365, great tool. So much uh, useful information there. Microsoft is the by far the most impersonated company when it comes to phishing email scams. Yep. And so I'd start getting these emails, which were new because we're rolling out a new 
0365 service. And I think they're all scams because that's the world I live in, but they're not. They're actually one of my employees trying to send me something. I won't, I won't open it. <laughs> like, uh, so I had to, you know, we had to have this conversation to understand what it is we're sending back and forth so that I would even click the email because I wouldn't do it. Um, but I mean, it, it's tough. It's so hard to know uh, what's legitimate and what's not. So there again, when you are aware of things that are happening that are uh, nefarious, it, you've got to let the rest of the team know. And that's what I what I mean by it being a culture. It, it, this really has to be something that you talk about all the time. I mean, how often do we talk about saving money? What business out there doesn't get uh, yeah. you know the the owners, the higher ups, beating their ass about you know don't leave the lights on, keep the temperature at you know don't don't crank it up to seventy five in the winter. You can live at sixty nine. So just deal with it. You know, bring a sweater if you have to. Like these conversations happen all the time yeah. because they're about money. <laughs> but guys, cybersecurity can take you clear out of business. It can end it for you. It's a game ender. Start talking about this stuff. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna calm down. I got my volume over here. I'm gonna pop. If you'll take the mic for a minute, let me uh, let me get this volume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, All right. I'm better now. <laughs> Number eight. When possible, implement SIEM for additional visibility. SIEM S I E M stands for Security Information and Event Management. Justin. Joe. It means somebody or something, usually a artificial intelligence machine, is pouring through the millions and millions of lines of alerts and logs on your firewall, on your server, on your workstation. Um, it's humanly impossible to do. So you've got to have an outside resource. You've got to have a tool doing this for you that's popping up the main alerts. Is that something you can pick up at Best Buy? Is that something? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> just, just go up to the clerk and ask him for the seam service. Yeah. <laughs> they'll sell you something, I bet. I'm sure they'll sell you something. <laughs> it won't be that. Yeah. <laughs> this is honestly, this is an advanced uh, thing. I don't see it that much. It's something that should be given more attention than it actually gets. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk more about it? Give us a call. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Number nine, test backups. What? Backups? <laughs> Implying you're getting backups or making them. Right. Start there. You put up at least one version offline monthly. Offline. Not online. So maybe you, uh, you're running backup software to your SharePoint. Uh, well, that's always got to be online. So keep an eye on that. Uh, when ransomware attacks, especially a lot of these newer versions, they're cracking your backups. You used to not be able to do that. Now they're right, gonna, right. They're going after your, your data, but they're also going after your backups. So now you're trying to restore from backup. Whoops. Those are Backups gone. Well, or I mean, it's one thing if they have an actual backup system in place, that's great. But a lot of people consider Dropbox to be backup, yeah, or SharePoint, like you mentioned, or Google Drive or whatever. They're just putting they've got on their hard drive, but they've copied it to this folder that has a shortcut right on their desktop that yeah. they can get to easily. Which means, guess what, guys? If you can get to it easily, a bad guy can get to it easily once they take over your computer. By the way, here's a very, very, very good point: is test them, test the backup. Yeah. So maybe you set this up five years ago on your computer or your old, you know, when you first got the computer, you set up backups, but you hadn't really looked at it or tested it. And then here comes the day where everything's wiped or whatever happened. You spilled water on your laptop. Now you got to restore it. Oh no, those backups aren't working or they weren't right. being made or it's been a month or maybe they are backing up, but they're, they're bad corrupted files. What do you do? Well, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to know that before. Test your backup. Here again, so this is a perfect example of stuff that can be prevented yeah. versus you can't get unhacked. And yeah. it, it, whatever killed your data, whether it's human error or malicious intent, uh, if it's gone, 
and your backup wasn't working right, that was an easy thing to prevent. Yeah. Easy. But it's too late. Yeah. After the fact. Yeah. It's a lot easier to test that thing when your computer's running than when it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And number 10, last on the list, review your policies. Policies. And corresponding <laughs> procedures. Procedures. What's that? Especially incidents response plans. Everybody does this. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even hardly have to talk about this because everywhere I go, this is fully implemented. Yeah, we've got incident response plans. Oh, yeah. And everybody knows about them. Exactly. Yeah. And what to do about it's them. Disseminated to all the clients and yeah. employees. And Joe, I've got this great bridge I'd like to sell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, this, is, uh, this can be a tough sell sometimes. Um, so there you have it. I mean, there's, there's 10 things that need to be done right now right now and that's everybody at the house business owners yeah um, employees and it's overwhelming i'll tell you that right now i live in this world and this stuff's overwhelming to me yeah i cannot imagine trying to do this while running a a business right i mean hell in my own business i can't do all this stuff (laughs) and it is my business you know i still have to lean on my uh yeah you and and the team to help out with this so i just um it's not, I'll say over and over, it's not a DIY. This is not a do-it-yourself type of thing. There are some of these things that you can uh, get after it right now. Multi-factor authentication. Most of you can set that up on your email or whatever yourself. In fact, Google is rolling it out mandatorily. You don't have an option in a lot of these anymore. Um, but but write this list down and start picking them off. At least get a few of them down. Yeah. And, hey, if uh – I, if you're in a group or a, a team or maybe you have different meetings on a weekly basis, talk to them about it. Just get the conversation open. Right. You're not, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, and everybody's dealing with these kind of problems. Um, and maybe they just don't like to talk about it, but just open the conversation up. Talk about it. Yeah. Uh, what are they doing? What are, you know, what are your friends doing? What are your friends' bosses doing? What's the other co-owner doing? Um, you know, talk about it. The more, the more dialogue that's out there uh, – I guarantee you it's going to make every, every the, whole, the whole world a better place. The more dialogue, the more just keeping it out there. Let's talk about cybersecurity. Let's talk about your computers. Uh, let's talk about being safe on the Internet and those damn refrigerators. <laughs> those refrigerators. <laughs> uh, you know, but you're exactly right. This is a culture. This has to be a culture shift if we're going to get ahead of this thing. That's the only answer. All these things we just mentioned, they don't mean shit, guys, if we aren't doing them and talking about them. And you don't, you can't even go through this list today because, hey, there's a war in Russia, so we can all talk about this and have a real conversation about it finally. But guess what? When that war's over, we're all going to go back to being comfortable again, like like where we've been. So uh, business owners, look at this. Talk about it to your people like you talk about money. You think money's your biggest problem? I'm here to tell you it's not. This stuff's your biggest problem. You can lose money and you can go get a loan or you can get a infusion of cash from somewhere else. Man, you get hit with ransomware or you hit one of you know attacked with this stuff, you're done. You cannot get unhacked. Right? That's Man, uh, we're we're back to that. Ninety seven percent of the time, the stuff we're talking about right now would have prevented it. But then it's too late after the fact. So I'm uh I'm I'm ready to go grab a beer, Joe. This has been a lot. <laughs> Do you, have, do you have anything else to add? Uh, boy. Uh, hop on to mastercomputing.com slash discovery. Yeah, that's the one. Minute call. That's the one. Yeah. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah. Call. Yeah. Talk about it. We'll talk to you. And, and listen, I, I can actually do it in ten minutes. I will run you through a series of questions, 
and I will actually show you this cool color coordinated uh, graph that shows you exactly what, you know, give you a roadmap. Here's what you need to do. Take it with you. I don't know. Go hire somebody else if you don't like me. Maybe you don't like bald-headed guys. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but anyways, I'll, I will give you a roadmap. I can ask you some basic questions. I can tell you how at risk you are and what you need to do to fix it. And, you know, if that makes sense, you want to work with us, great. Uh, if nothing else, you at least have one more set of eyes on, you know, these shadows that we all live with. All right. All right. Until next time, guys, we're signing off. Mastercomputing.com slash discovery. We'll see you next time.